welcome to Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. Across from me, Shane Bishop. My name is Mike and we are glad to have you join us on the show today. And on today's show, we are going to talk about a few trending topics. Here are some of Shane and I's thoughts on those. Also want you to know that in a future episode, we are going to have on Miss Melissa Bishop. Who is that? That is Shane's wife, ministry innovator, woman of God. We can't wait for that episode uh, coming up in the next few weeks. Shane, are you excited to have Melissa? A little nervous, on the po- just a little are nervous, you? a little bit, particularly, you know, I'm going to guess, yeah, a little nervous. Uh, how would you describe Melissa to the listener? Melissa is tenacious, relentless. <laughs> yep. Uh, she, she lives her life with just such incredible passion. Truly unique, wonderful, wonderful person, and uh, and I'm excited about having her on the show. I, I bet that I told her I think when she's on, it'll probably be our best rated show that we do. <laughs> everything all year. she does, it's like everything she touches. That, you but know, she people, doesn't touch much. No, she doesn't. You know, she's like those old time <laughs> movie stars that really never make movies and refuse to appear on TV. Yeah. I mean, she's hardly ever out there. But boy, when she is, she just gets this huge following. Yes, people love her. She's got a lot to say. She has a lot to say, and she has just incredible presence about her heart for God. Not Uh, overexposed like you and me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look how overexposed we are, man. I mean, we're on TV, radio. We're on Twitch, Twitch, which you said is like a thing for invented for people who didn't have the courage to play their own video games, right? I mean, that's kind of how it works. I mean, if you're sitting we, there looking at a video game, and you're yeah. thinking, man, I don't have the courage to play this. Twitch was invented so you could watch other people. You can live vicariously through people who they themselves are living vicariously through video games. It's like vicarious living cubed, Mike. This is awesome. Is it called alienating your audience? What's just the phrase? <laughs> no, like no I'm ingratiating myself to yeah. my own target so, audience, so I people know my are. age. And you're having fun, yes, and I, I am. love that. But you know, right now, Shane, you so love we're talking that in, in a way that you're going to change. I the love it when quickly. it's not directed towards me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I love it when you do it to everyone else. I, I love it. I like it. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. No, but you know what, Shane? You're having fun. Uh, we have a fun. That's a part of life. Laughter and all that. You know, if we're talking about trending topics right now, one that is that really takes the fun out of things is this thing called cancel culture, whatever the heck that means specifically. But it seems like uh, someone, sometimes it's serious, uh, someone makes a mistake and then there's just kind of a medieval mob that's coming after them, if you will, through social media. Other times, uh, you know, maybe someone just jokes in the wrong way, and we have this, uh, you know, people who are basically just being canceled because they've made one mistake. Are you? How are you seeing that right now? Well, help me out with something, Mike, because one, okay. one of the challenges I have with, with just modern culture, period, yeah. is that people throw these terms around, but they're not clearly defined. And yes. what I find is a lot of times people are actually talking about different things yeah. that have the same name, yeah. and they're referring to different things. I remember, Mike, when I was in seminary, they had a, a, a pro-life mm-hmm. person come in, yeah. and and then they had a pro-choice person sure. come in. And what I got noticing was, as, as they were debating each other, they finally just kind of ended up yelling <laughs> at each other. And I was sitting there thinking, they're not communicating at all. Right. And then something hit me. They're talking about different things. The pro-life person was talking about what happens. 
the pro-choice person was talking about who decides what happens, and okay. it occurred to me, there's no way these folks can have a conversation yeah. because they're not talking about the same thing. So when you say cancel culture, the first thing that hits me yeah. is I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. In, in terms of a clear definition. Yeah, and I don't know how to define it other than, and so how am I defining it? I'm so, defining it as that people, something happens on social media, someone gives their, uh, sometimes it's just an opinion. Someone does go too far in terms of what they say. Someone goes, uh, makes it, maybe makes a mistake. And what happens is, is that people gang up on that person or that business or whatever. And they basically say that these people should not be on the earth anymore. They need, everything needs to be destroyed that they have, that they are, you know, and I'm exaggerating this uh, hyperbole, but, uh, but basically that, you know, they should just be canceled. I'll tell you what the problem I have with that. And, and again, I'm old school. Yeah. But we grew up with this idea that those who forget history are destined to repeat it. There is this concern I have that if we take everything out of life or, or history that does not line up with the values of a current generation, and, and we... We make all of those things go away. We make all of those people go away. These people 200 years ago do not live up to our modern standards of what people, decent people or good people should, should be. If we make all that go away, are we not creating a bit of a vacuum that makes us highly susceptible to repeating a lot of the problems and a lot of the atrocities that we've seen in humankind? So my biggest concern about what you've just called cancel culture would be, does it take away our opportunity for a learning curve mm. by erasing the memory of everything that has happened before us? For me, I look at my own life and I think about painful times. Right. If I had an eraser, I would love to be able oh. to somehow erase those from my memory. But the fact I have those in my memory has enabled me to make better decisions. and It's enabled me to be more resilient. Sure. There has been growth and a learning curve that has come as a result of me not canceling mm -hmm. the, the memory of the pain in my own life. And I wonder if that doesn't work somewhat the same way for a culture. Yeah, I wonder the same thing as well. And, and in many ways, we're growing. Uh, you know, I'll speak generally. It seems like we, you know, we grow as a society. And uh, I, sometimes I think about what do people today who are a part of cancel culture, which varies general again, some people are, some people aren't, some people are for certain things, some people aren't, you know, how will they be reflected upon in 10 years? Are people going to reflect upon them like, oh, these people should have done more? These people should have said more. Where does it stop for me? Where, where does it end? And I do think we're just, uh, there is something going on with this cancel culture that we are a prisoner of, a, of the moment. Where we're not looking historically about, especially in my opinion for our country, that uh, things have improved. Things have uh, gotten better. And uh, to go and uh, cancel everything uh, from our past can be very dangerous. You know something, Mike, that I, I've just noticed, and, and probably more by listening than, than talking, because as I look at the culture that's sort of unfolding out in front of us, it's not the world I was raised in. Yeah. It just wasn't. It just isn't. And so the values are different. 
the, the concerns are, are just different. I think people essentially want the same things. People want to have functional lives. They, they want to be happy. They, they want to have enough and all that. I, I think those things are still there. But the values are, are yeah. very, very different. And so one of the things that it sort of behooved me to do is just to listen to people. And, mm-hmm. and what, I, what I've come to notice is that once you hear people's story and, and once you hear their perspective, whether or not it makes sense to me, yeah. and I'll be frank with you, a lot of times it doesn't, mm-hmm. but at least I have some empathy yeah. for where yeah. they're, they're coming from. So cancel culture, as you've defined it, in some way uh, doesn't have that empathy yeah. of, of an historical perspective. And then on the other hand, if, if you just rail against what, you know, the old, what's the old thing is, I, I hate people. And then the person says, well, I hate people who hate people. Yeah. And then the other yeah. person says, well, I hate people who hate people who hate people. Yeah. And you just wonder where that stops. And so for me... If we could somehow back out of our tribes yeah. somewhat, where the only people we hang around are people who think like us, and, and we get all radiated at high speeds because yeah. we have no balance to that. If we could learn to actually talk to each other, listen to each other, it may take some of the steam yeah. out of, of the things that might be negative, and it might add some understanding to some things that... that could be positive because let's be real honest. There's a lot of things in our culture that aren't very good. You know what I noticed when I was in my uh, 20s, and I'm still not that old, Shane. Our podcast picture may depict me as being older than you. That is not the case. I am actually still uh, not that old, okay? but well, in- You know, Mike, I got a couple of thoughts on that. First of all, Mike, if you guys were here... And the no people at all who are watching us on Twitch right now? I think one. One. Okay. But you would notice to our one Twitch viewer, Mike right now has a blue pair of headphones on. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a gray zip-up thing. What do they call these now? Uh, three uh, Quarter zips. Quarter zips. There you go. And he has a blue navigating change patch on the, the quarter zip. So Mike is color coordinated. And the thing I'm wondering is does he not realize that this is not videoed? I mean, you could be here in your pajamas, and it would be just fine. But Mike is dressed up anyway for the occasion, as if this were aired I'm gonna take on, this on video. I'm going to tell you how smooth I am. I color coordinate, and I don't even realize it. So as much as you're trying to say it was on purpose, it was just by, I am this smooth. I don't believe it for I'm a minute. Th- <laughs> I don't believe it for a minute. No. Mike's always... Mike's got a look, guys. You, you guys that, that just listen to us on audio, you don't understand this. Mike has a look. There is a Mike Wooten yeah. look. It, it's there, and it's something that, that he promotes. I mean, all of the time. <laughs> it's it's the Mike Wooten look. And here's the thing you can't change, Mike. And, and I don't I don't want to hurt you. Yeah, here we go. I know. But okay. the thing you can't change is you can have the look. You can have oh, the don't. clothes. You can have the boots, man. You can have it all working, but you're still going to age. Okay. And the longer you're around me, the uh-huh. quicker you're going <laughs> to age. <laughs> so that's what you can't That's what you can't hide. And speaking of that, Mike, yeah. and because we're, we're all, clearly in the deeps now, but speaking of that, 
I was wearing my beard really, really huge. You know, I kind of was oh, wearing a great big beard two, for a while. Two, a year and a half ago, it was huge. Huge. Yeah. I had this huge yeah, it, beard. And it was a good beard. Yeah. And, Very and, good. And kept it really short on top. Mm-hmm. The only thing deep in my heart I wanted was like Viking tattoos, oh, like on yeah. the History Channel yeah, show Viking. Yeah, you have those. You know, like you had tattoos because mm-hmm. I felt like I had a pretty good look. Guess what I got noticed? Hmm. I was getting senior discounts everywhere <laughs> I went. And I I was only like 56. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm getting senior discounts. Mm-hmm. These people think I'm older than I yeah. am. So I finally got sick of getting senior discounts and I decided, you know what? I'm going to have to keep things trimmed up. Yeah. A little better kind of move away from the yeah. duck dynasty yeah. kind of look here and we're going to have to kind of roll back. I I don't know how to say this, Mike, but I guess in in a lot of ways, you're just my hero, and I wanted to be more like you. Hey, you know what we should have asked you to do, because we get to ask you to do things (laughs) if you didn't know that, or we should have done a poll or something. Uh, Should, Shane, like, you should have dyed your beard a dark color, kept it white on top. You know, I, there's a lot of guys in the physical fitness kind of realm who are are older guys, and they're in shape, and then they'll, like, keep their hair gray, and and do, you know, some type of dyeing of the beard. We could have had you looking like that and everything, you could have made a, really a statement everywhere you went. That wasn't a senior statement. No, no, it, it wasn't. And when I quit playing like 100 games of softball a year, I, a you know what? Back, I need to quickly say, I'm surprised you can even walk after how much you've played sports for all. I mean, you move around, you got great energy. I'm surprised you can even walk. It, I is, have it. it is surprising. And the cool thing is, like, when I point my index finger, I can point it like several different directions at once because it's been broken so many times. From catching balls in the wrong place yeah. in a glove. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm reasonably beat up at this point. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember what we're talking about. I don't know, but good. It gets me back to what I wanted to say. I noticed when I was in my 20s, there are a lot of people. Oh, hold it, Mike. Oh, I I, it. I've got it. I'm back. I'm back. I'm Folks, back. Don't worry. I'm, I'm back. back. He's back. He's back. <laughs> when I stopped playing softball, I was thinking, well, you know what? I need a, a hobby. I need something to do. So I was going to thought, I, you know what? I think I'll start doing lifting weights. And and just kind of get be one of those buff oh, old yeah. guys. Yeah. And then guess what I found out? They don't eat pizza. <laughs> oh, that was out. Yeah. I mean, softball. Yeah. You can eat pizza right. yeah. and play softball. But man, you, you want to get cut and buff yeah. as an old dude? Pizza is out. So I'm out too. The more you change, I'm going where the pizza the is. More I, the more you change the subject, the more I wonder if you don't want to hear my beautiful point I'm about to no, make. No, I do. It was going to be beautiful. It was about cancel culture. Cancel or are we culture. moving on to something else? You pr- uh, let me just say this quick okay. thing about cancel culture. You're right. Get this. As a millennial. Yeah. You're a, a millennial. Right? I am an old millennial. I'm like the oldest. And I'm a young baby boomer. So yeah. I'm the youngest. I'm the youngest of the baby boomers. So yeah. I'm kind of like the last of the singing cowboys. Yippee io. Yeah. You're kind of the oldest of the millennials. You're like a Marshall Dillon in some ways. I am. I am. Kind Who of got like that a, reference? A on Twi- Who got that reference? A Matt Dillon. I'm a Matt without a hat. Yeah. Was it Marshall Dillon? Is that what his name his was? His name was Marshall Matt Dillon. He was a Marshall. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah, it yeah. wasn't his first name. You no, know, I got it. I it was think Matt that was, yeah. Dillon. Gotcha. Okay. Hey, when people are in their 20s, they are looking for something to believe in. I think that's just, a, in general, a true thing. Back to this cancel culture conversation. And I think uh, they will gravitate to some emotionalism. And there's a lot of emotionalism out there. And I think that's one one of the kind of angles into this, is that there's just some young people that are impressionable, and teenagers as well. And you get all this energy and emotion around 
something that's out there, whether that be canceling something or maybe an agenda, and uh, they get themselves caught up in it. And before you know it, they're adults and uh, probably pretty confused about life. <laughs> you know, Mike, one thing that I've noticed, and this is just an observation, I think from my generation and people older, we would gravitate toward a statement like, I think, therefore I am. So a lot of our personhood was cerebral. We think. We're, we're thinking people. I think a lot of younger people today, it's I feel, therefore I am. Mm -hmm. and, and they feel. Yeah, and, that's uh, good. very good. Yeah. And when people, when people sort of feed their humanity and their identity toward, through feeling, yeah. you're always going to have to stay somewhat revved up. Yeah. Or you're not feeling alive. That's great. If I'm yeah. not really revved up, I'm not alive. That's... With with my generation, we're intellectual in that sense. Just flip us a book. You know, I mean, just flip us a book. You want to get us riled up? Flip us a book. We'll sit and read it, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah. But I think it's a very different thing with younger people today. You got they They feel most alive yeah. when they're revved up. I think there's a lot that could be said about that, but uh, I love that. Let's move on. I want to bring up two political figures uh, before we uh, close up shop today, one on the conservative side, one on the liberal side. First of all, Rush Limbaugh, Rush Limbaugh, conservative radio talk show host, the, the most popular in America for, I would think, three decades uh, around that time. Uh, uh, he passed away recently, very recently, from lung cancer. Uh, I know uh, conservatives definitely mourn that uh, on the, uh, you know, I don't want to get this too, uh, you know, partisan or anything, but, uh, but what are your thoughts just on Rush Limbaugh, kind of his impact and uh, his life? You know, I probably watched, listened to five Rush Limbaugh episodes in my whole life. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I wouldn't say that I, I followed Rush Limbaugh at all. Sure. I, I might've read one of his books, uh, in my entire life, so I, I wasn't I wasn't a part of that base. Sure, absolutely. That being said, that someone who is a non-politician, mm -hmm. that someone could have that much influence in politics, is is staggering to me. Yeah, and that in our day and age, that someone could have that much influence through the radio. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I always think of the radio as like the, the, the father of television, which is the father of the Internet. You know what I yeah. mean? I mean, it, it's kind of like twice or three times removed. Yeah. yeah. So the amount of influence he had is staggering to me. Also, clearly, Rush Limbaugh was able to crystallize the feelings of a lot of Americans. And he was able to say yeah. things that uh, maybe people felt. And didn't feel they could say. Yeah. So he became a, a central figure. And my guess is that history is actually going to remember Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, I saw uh, a few comments on both sides uh, of, of what people thought about Rush last night. And there was one gentleman on Twitter uh, who was talking about him, didn't really, uh, didn't agree with uh, Rush's politics. But he did have an insight that I thought was interesting. It's just the emotionalism, if we're talking about emotions, uh, of politics in general. And about he said that uh, in general, you know, politics can be kind of addictive for, for people. And I personally have not, uh, you know, I pay attention to politics. I have my political opinions. Uh, it, it, 
I kind of keep that compartmentalized in my life. But uh, I have other places where I'm kind of a fan, and that's sports. That's where I get right. to be, you know, that fanatic, if you will. But I, I was kind of interested in, in, in just thinking about that concept, and I think it connects to what you're saying about the type of influence that someone who is not really – he's a political figure, how I put it, but he's not into politics or right. anything. Right, he, he like, wasn't serving an elected He office. was not. What well, fascinated me about the, the few shows that I heard – was he seemed to have a pretty clear formula. I mean, like the Hallmark movie channel formula, right? He would say stuff to get people outraged, and then they would all call in, and then he'd try to calm them down. Oh, really? <laughs> that was so hilarious. <laughs> he, he gets them all wound up, then they call yeah. in, he tries to calm them all yeah. down. But yeah. I, I thought that was really, really interesting. Yeah. But yeah, he, he's not an elected See. official. I, I don't know if he ever ran for office, but I, I don't think so. He was more of a kingmaker than mm. a king in some yeah. ways. Yeah. And and certainly represented the voice of a whole a lot, lot of, Americans. of people. Because no matter whether you agree or disagree with him or anything of the sort, the guy's following was massive. Absolutely. All right, one more political figure, uh, if you will, before we close up shop. We've got President uh, Joe Biden. We have a new uh, president that's been elected that's in uh, office right now. And uh, kind of what he's really working on, it seems like, from my point of view, is just this whole COVID thing, getting vaccinations out. There's a couple other issues surrounding that. Student debt is one of the issues that he's being pressed upon. Uh, but I think it's really about vaccinations right now. You know, when we talk about presidents, Shane, from a Christian worldview, how sh- how should a Christian view a president, whether or not they voted for that president or not? You know, as a leader, Mike, I have some empathy for people in leadership. Sure. I, I just do. And especially I will, nowadays? Yeah, especially <laughs> nowadays, because you can't win. You can't. But what I can tell you is it's a lot easier to criticize leaders than it is to be in leadership. It's a lot easier to criticize a previous administration than to be the administration that's in power. I, I think that's pretty, criticizing is pretty easy. Once you get the ball, now all of a sudden you're in a different place. Now you're the one who's going to be criticized. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's really no wins out there. Mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, Joe Biden, on from what I followed of the election, was pretty clear about what he was going to do, what his agenda was. Sure. Uh, seems to me so far mm-hmm. that he has pursued that. Mm-hmm. So as a leader, I always have empathy for leaders mm-hmm. because it's hard. There's yeah, just yeah. no wins. I mean, I felt, you know, with the Trump administration, yeah. no matter who is in leadership when COVID-19 hits, they're not going to, how do you survive that? You're going to get blamed for everything. Yeah. So I don't know there's any wins there. As a Christian, I'm going to do for Joe Biden what I did for Donald Trump and what I did for Barack Obama and what I did for George W. Bush. I'm going to pray for them because I am a part of this country. And my prayer is that we would have as good a leadership as we can and that God would give them wisdom. And so I'm just going to pray. I might be getting this mixed up. I don't know if it was from W to Obama or Obama to Trump or or where this was. Or maybe it was from... uh, George H. Bush uh, to Clinton, there, there, but there was some type of letter given from one president to the to another that says something like, uh, basically, the good that you do is the good for all of us and for our entire country. And I, I think that's very true, whether we, we agree with these politicians or not. 
gosh, we're in this together. We're all Americans, and their success is really our success in a lot of ways. Yeah, and one thing I always hope is that uh, I think one of the unique things about America is you can win an election by a fraction of a single percentage point and think you have a mandate to run the table. In other countries that might have coalition governments, uh, mm. it, it works a little bit different. We have a two-party system, and, yeah. and frankly, it's, it's winner-take-all. Mm. One of the things that I would love to see at some point from either party is that people stop running the table simply because they can, and that we do allow our system to at least be bipartisan in some ways. Now, whether or not anybody's going to have the discipline to do that, yeah. it's very unlikely, and I've not seen it to this point. But I do know one thing, and I think you're exactly right. We are all Americans. We have some uniquely American problems. I think racism is an issue in America because you, you, you have the greatest idea in the world in democracy, and then you build it on top of a crack in the foundation yeah, that is yeah, a moral and economic crack course toward, called slavery. So you're always going to have challenges around that because no matter how good you build the house, if the crown foundation's cracked, there's always going to be stuff happening, and there always is. So we're not a perfect nation by any stretch of the imagination. But we do, we are the inheritors of this idea that people can self-govern, mm. that uh, we can act for a common good. So my guess is everybody that thought Trump was wonderful is really concerned now. And everyone that thought Trump was terrible is really happy sure. now. But at some point, rather than the pond continually turning over, I, I guess I have this hope that we can truly find some common ground and that we can move forward as a nation. Because at the end of the day, we need a country that works for everybody. We absolutely do. And that is definitely our prayer. Well, we want to thank you for joining us with uh, Shane and I for Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. We'd love for you to subscribe, share, and review our podcast. If you'd like to hear more from Shane and I, go to RevShaneBishop.com or RevMikeWoo.com. We will talk with you next time. And make sure that you keep the change.